Hello and welcome to this episode of As They Sleep. Here we follow the vampire Rick as he's coaxed one way and the other while whilst making his plans to get his revenge. Let's get into it, everybody. Welcome to Dustrious. Keep your dice rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers. You're in for a ride. Welcome to Dustrous, a high fantasy, high magic, homebrew world in the Pathfinder system with custom magic rules. This and Elder Stream Games production is made possible by our patrons, Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bealey, Eric S. Pat, and Robin Mims. We encourage you to stick around after this story to hear about the great projects these people are working on. But for now, let's get to today's episode. From across the street. At the Smithies, you hear Mel's voice, and he's like, hey, over here. Rick, Rick will turn, look around, and he'll, uh, he'll, he'll cross the street. If, if, if he feels at any point like he's really just out in the open, he'll let his shadows out to, uh, obscure him. But, uh, he'll, he'll go over to, uh, the Smithy. And, uh, like... He's just kind of standing against the doorway there, and as you walk up, he'll open the door and he'll be like, "Won't you please come in?" I might have asked, but you didn't give me a chance, and I'll go inside. And he will follow you in and shut the door. For the record, I don't actually live in that house. When you look for me, look for me here. Good to know. But why do you have that house? Oh, I did live in it at one point. And then I found out that uh, Gavin was coming to visit me too frequently. Couldn't you just tell him to get out? Well, I could. But see, here's the thing. Most of these buildings in this town, they don't belong to us, technically. They belong to Dravik. They, they do smart so if you have Dravik's permission to be somewhere can't nobody do shit about it that makes sense I asked permission to get into Russell's house through him so I built this place without asking Dravik about it he ain't got no claims on it no ties to it Gavin can't come up in here unless you invite him precisely so why invite me? Uh, you're a smart kid. And some shit has happened. What kind of shit? Well, uh, your buddies. I heard Burgard was alive. Burgard is alive. Russell is alive. Russell's not of much concern to me. But uh, Burgard, it would seem, has signed on with Asmodeus. Big Big old Papa Damnation. Yep, that'd be the one. Been reading about him. Well, Asmodeus so, has given Brigard a task. Okay, hold, hold, hold on. What, what the fuck did he do to sign on with Asmodeus? That doesn't seem like him. I don't know the details. I know he's a divine caster, and now he's a divine caster of, of Asmodeus. That's all I was told. So what is he going around spouting the devil's bird or some shit now? <laughs> no, nothing quite that dramatic. 
I thought that's how that worked. He's not an evangelist. Not everybody who devotes themselves to a god is a priest or priestess. But Asmodeus has given him a task to recover something. Something very, very powerful. Something like? A weapon that the god himself forged. Okay, are we talking crack the world in half weapon? Are we talking like... Mm -hmm. I don't think it will crack weapon of the mass world destruction. In half, but it, yeah, you could say that. It's a very powerful, could be very dangerous. Okay, so Brigard wants an infernal nuke. What, what is this about? This is about. I don't know how much you know about hell. A uh, a strange mix of information. I'm still getting through that. Well. Asmodeus is the big guy in charge, yes? Yeah, I know that much. But there are others. I know a little bit about a couple of them now. Many of which don't feel like Asmodeus should be in charge anymore. Oh boy, sounds like retail. And uh, they would be willing to grant you certain boons if you could prevent the new follower of Asmodeus from getting his hands on that weapon. What was that about evangelizing? Not evangelizing. The guy I've worked for has promised you basically a, a, a free wish. Anything you could possibly desire should you bring that bow to me. Well, sense his motive. All right. 22. He seems to be telling you the truth. A wish. Basically, gods have powers. Gods can pretty much give you whatever you want. So if I wish for a power that whenever I think of a power, I can use it if I want to without any side effects or sacrifices, I can get that. When you're dealing with devils, they tend to be too keen to let you get away with loopholes. But... So, contract style wishes. He doesn't want a contract from you. Just, if you want all the shit tons of money, you can have shit tons of money. You want a fucking kingdom, you can have a fucking kingdom. Whatever you want. I feel like I could probably easily rake in as much cash as I want. Might break an economy or two doing it, but... The point is, whatever it is you want, whether you want to actually be a living being again, if you want out from under Gav's control, he can grant you what you want. Okay, so what is this weapon? It's called Fiendish Victory. It is a bow that Asmodeus forged himself and carried into battle during the wars in the heavens. Then there was a war down here in which a bunch of people took up arms because they had decided they were going to slay the god Asmodeus, which kind of a foolish no notion if you really stop to think about it, but that's what they had decided to do. Isn't that what boss man wants to do? But he's another god, he's not a mortal. So these mortals took up arms and went to face, basically, the dragon of hell and Asmodeus's first man. And Asmodeus gave the first man this weapon. In the end, all the mortals were dead, the dragon was dead, the first man was dead, and the weapons were swallowed by the earth, pretty much. Okay, so you want me to go dig up a bow? I don't think it's quite that simple. People have searched for these items before and not found them. Likely that the gods of self kept them hidden. 
But if what I've been told is true, and he's never lied to me before, the weapons are going to reveal themselves soon. Asmodeus has instructed Brigard to get the bow. He has told him that he could probably get you and Russell to help in the finding of this weapon because there are two other weapons that are not God-forged, but still strong, that he could promise to the two of you. What's in it for you? Why am I delivering this to you instead of directly to uh, Smiley McLawyer face? Garyon isn't going to come walk around down here on the world, and I have the ability to send it to him, shall we say. A ritual, basically. You still haven't said what you get out of it. Out of this particular trade-off? Nothing. So what's your big picture then? What do you get out of it? This is the god I serve. This is the god I'm dedicated to. He grants me boons for my dedication all the time. When he asks me to do something, I do it. Is that how you're able to uh, make all the houses and stuff for free? Any god, when you dedicate yourself to them, gives you certain abilities, boons, whatever you would like to call them. Hell, Gav performed a damn ritual to turn you into a vampire when you were already dead because of his god. True. I somehow doubt, though, that there is a devil god of fancy houses. No, there's not a devil god of fancy houses. The houses are made because... Zav can make stone walls and shape them, and I can cause them to become permanent. Cast spells that change raw materials into roofing. Things of that nature. I would like to roll a knowledge arcana. Okay. That is 20. What are you trying to figure out? That uh, permanency is a universal spell, and the, then he immediately followed up with transmutation magic. Okay, yeah, that's easy enough. Okay, I would also like to sense his motive because I feel like he's talking around my questions. Uh, twenty-eight. Um, he indirectly answered your question. He told you how the houses were made, and that has nothing to do with his god which is what you ask so he basically answered but in a roundabout way but told you no his god didn't give him the ability to make the houses all right i see i foresee a variety of issues from this not that i'm disinclined completely but i see some issues issue number one isn't taking this and handing it over to jerion you said jerion Yes. Going to piss off Asmodeus? You know, head honcho? Bigger, badder, meaner devil? Oh, I'm sure he'll be upset about it. But uh, we're here and they're going to fight up there. So not likely to have a huge impact on us. Yeah, except I feel like the instrument of said betrayal might catch a little flack. Don't you think? If you're a king of a country... And another country has invaded your walls and is fighting a battle within them. 
Is your main concern going to be the spy that came in a month ago and found out something? Are you going to ignore the battles within your walls to go track them down and deal with them? I would imagine I'd be a smart devil and do both. You Even he can't be two places at once. He can't be in two places at once, but from what I understand, he has a rather sizable contingent of planar hopping fucking shock troops. And who do you think is going to be fighting in this war? Because his planar hopping shock troops, as you call them, are going to have to be fighting the planar hopping shock troops of all the other devils. They're going to be pretty occupied. What's he going to do? Send some of his mortal followers after you? You're a fucking vampire. You can deal with them. Yeah, it's not the mortal followers I'm worried about. It's him going, hmm, let me take this one badass that can absolutely kick the shit out of me and just send it here. I'm not that read up on devils, but I know some of them are pretty fucking scary. They can be scary, yes. And you're also talking about the politics of hell, which, once again, I know relatively little about, except that they are contentious as fuck, and some will side with Asmodeus, and some will not. All the main they players have... will stand against him. Because if he goes down, at the very least, they all advance a step. But then what happened? Fight it out amongst themselves to see who the new ruler is. The new order is established. And then what? Hell goes to hell? I suppose that depends on your viewpoint. If you share the view of Asmodeus, yes, everything is awful. But uh, the problem seems to be that not everybody shares his viewpoint and haven't for a long time. And this is the first real chance that they've had to overthrow their tyrant. And so what happens if the bow isn't there? What if it's just a myth? Asmodeus would not have directly told somebody to fetch it if it wasn't there. Okay, so what if it is there and we don't get it for whatever reason? Then it's not an issue. What if Brigard gets it first? I imagine vampire, no. A devil nuke is not going to be something you can just go, no, 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 give me that. Well, unless he sleeps with it, it shouldn't be too difficult for you to get it. He wouldn't even have to know it was you who took it. Why do you follow? Why, why are you devoted to Jerion? Have you read about him? Not much. Well, he's got three heads or something. Well, I've never really stood face to face with him. Most people refer to him as a serpent and think of him in those, those terms. This sounds oddly familiar. But uh, he is a god of, of hidden lore, of hidden knowledge. For those who seek to know more than the average person, especially to learn things unknown to other people altogether, he can help that happen. What is it that you wanted to know, Mal, that made you run that route? I wanted, I guess you could say I wanted to be able to protect myself. From what? Well, if you must know, I was born a good ways from here, 
uh, in a town called Millsboro. It's a pretty decent sized city, actually, but uh, I've seen it on my map. My parents owned it, basically. They owned the mines at Redwater, just a little ways away. They were the money, they were the government, they were not quite a king and queen, but they were just not entitled, I guess you would say. I was their firstborn, and then later I had a younger brother who had the good luck of being born human. When my parents died, my inheritance went to my brother. It had to, because I was run the fuck out of town for being a tiefling. With my parents gone, nobody feared to mistreat me because they were the only thing that had protected me. Your brother sounds like a dickbag. My brother was too young to be able to do much of anything. I guess that's fair. Nowadays, I can go home. It's not so bad. I can go back and visit him, that kind of stuff. Hell, me and Zob and Dravik and all, we, we lived in Middlesbrough for a while. Once my brother was old enough to really take control of things. But when he was young, nobody feared him. They fear him now? They respect him. It's not the same thing, but uh, they respect him. And because of that respect, I can walk the streets there again. But when I was forced out, I found that there was no place that I could walk the streets and stay safe. So I needed to know how to protect myself. And Garyon approached me in a dream and offered me the, the ability to do that. Let me guess. You signed a contract. I suppose you could put it that way. There was no pen to paper, but we made an agreement. See, from what I've read, one of Asmodeus's, I guess you could call it, um, redeeming features is that his word is unbreakable. If he says something, it has to be true, more or less. Yes. I mean, devils are capable of lying, but not, it's not something that they can, they cannot directly lie to you when they they can can deal with you. you They can, yeah, they can bullshit you around and whatnot. There's no doubt about that, from what I understand. Yes, I was just clarifying because most people seem to think when when it said that, oh, I have a contract with this devil, that it's a signed sheet of paper or whatever. And in some instances it is, but in my case it was not. It was a agreement, but yes, we are both bound by it, if that is what you're asking. Verbal contract law, or verbal contract yeah all that fun stuff i like how how is he feeling about how how do i feel like he's feeling about this line of questioning is it really annoying him like you make a sense motive chat if you want to know that he's 23. okay so he's not annoyed per se but you feel like he's selecting his answers carefully you know you'd probably make a good one and i don't just mean with the look it's in my blood. Blood doesn't matter. To some degree, it doesn't, but to some degree, it does. Part of our makeup helps determine things that we are good at. I mean, some people are born a klutz. You're not going to hand them a freaking rapier and expect them to use it well. You're going to tell them to be careful and don't run with the scissors. I'll think about it. So I'll ask. Can't force you to do anything. 
I mean, technically, I guess I could, but I'm not going to. How would you force me to do something? Oh, do not kid yourself. I am far more powerful than you. You're strong. I can tell. But I also think it's interesting. What is interesting? You're nosy as hell. Oh, yes. I know that. Knowledge is the most powerful thing you can have. Apparently, Devil Newt rakes rates pretty high on that list. Okay, that is true. But when you are dealing with other mortals and, well, and you're in Gav's case, immortals that are not gods. We're not immortal. We can die. Yes, I know that, but it's a term that is used for you. Long lived till death. But knowledge is an extremely powerful thing. From really basic things such as you need a, a bushel of tomatoes from Farmer Jones and you just happen to know that he needs a, a bushel of corn, then you know what to offer him in trade. You could also know what time he sleeps and where his bushel of tomatoes is. That you could. But even the most powerful, strongest man in the world, if he lacks knowledge, can only go so far. I have a theoretical question for you. Okay, then I will have a theoretical answer. You've got four people on the left road and one person lying on the right road. You have no idea who the four people are. The person on the right is somebody important to you. There's a sphere of destructive power. It has to go left or right. If you run over either side, you get something. Which side do you run over? Well, that one is easy enough for me. I protect the person I care about. What if you only get the thing if you run them over? Then fuck the thing. I'd like to sense his motive. All right, go ahead. 36. He seems completely sincere. Good enough. Have you not uh, figured out from your new mentor that not all devil shippers are horrible, horrible people? I didn't assume that they were. We have a... Uh... I'm sure some of the goody-two-shoes in the world with their happy-go-lucky gods would tell you that it is evil to choose the person you care about over the four people you don't know. That's utilitarianism. There are too few people in this world that are wholly accepting of me and who I am. And those are the people I care about. I'd kind of like them to stick around other than the four assholes that would just try to run me out of town after saving them. Uh, let's pose a different question. Sorry. So, what if it was you or them? Me or the person I cared about? Yeah. I suppose that that would depend a whole lot on the circumstances. Let's consider circumstances vague as the question is. It would still vary depending on who the person is. Zav. So I have to choose between me and Zav in order one of us has to die. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Then I would have to let Zav die. Because when all is said is done, when he dies, 
he moves on to a, a good life and a good reward in the afterlife because of who his God is. To where I move on to internal pain and suffering. And while that may sound harsh to you, if you ask Zav, he would tell you it was the right choice. What about Vari? Between me and Vari, I would die. She is headed someplace even worse than I am. I've been reading a lot about devils lately, so I don't know much about demons other than them and devils really don't get along. Well, you know how you were talking about if devils say something is so, it is so? Yeah. I take it with demons, it's not? No, it's just the opposite. They can say and do whatever they like. They are completely chaotic creatures. Their imaginations know no bounds of torment. This is all quite interesting coming from the theologies of my world to the I don't even know if you could call them theologies here well all you really have to know is that Vari is a sweet girl and I do not wish for her to meet her end any sooner than absolutely necessary because what awaits her is completely horrible would you take her place I would for Vari I would I, li- I like to sense some motive. I'm not trying to see if he's lying. I feel like he's telling the truth. But I'm trying to see if there's anything, if that's like a like a more platonic, like I would sacrifice myself for her or, or not. Okay. Uh, 31. Oh no, he definitely loves this girl to death. Hmm. And like, he's, he's not trying to hide that fact. So if you want to ask him about that, you can. What's the deal there? Is this a case of she's just not that into you? I've never asked her. She's my best friend's sister. Why is that a big issue? Because Zav idolizes her. She is the matron of the family, so to speak now. Uh, Even though they're no longer living in that kind of society. And he believes that she should choose for herself that... uh, Where they come from, men don't walk up and ask women out, you know? She has to choose for herself who is right for her, whether it is right for the short term or the long term. And they're going to have to be somebody extremely special for Zob to be okay with it. And that is not me. Why do you think that? I am basically a dethroned and disgraced king. I know what awaits me in the afterlife. I know the kind of... You apparently know what awaits her in the afterlife, and it's apparently worse. And there are far worse things to be than a deposed king. I am too common for her. I'm also not drow, in case you hadn't noticed. Oh, just a little makeup and a hacksaw will do wonders. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, well... I think somehow they'd still know it was me. You might have to tuck the tail, too. So, you know, I occupy myself self by doing things like turning into cute little kittens and sneaking into Darlene's house. That sounds like a good way to get your ass squished the next time you do it. I heard about that. Oh, she's cracked my jaw a couple of times. It's all in good fun. You have a funny idea of fun. What can I say? She's like the only woman in town that says no to me. Hell, most of the men don't say no to me. That's kind of a isn't that kind of an indicator? That I hadn't won her over yet. That she ain't? I'll keep trying. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) He just kind of, like, he shrugs with his eyebrows. 
Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> like just like, And Mel has this playful grin on his face the entire time. Like, he knows. Like, if you want to do a sense motive, you can. But he knows he's not getting anywhere with her. This is literally just a game to him. Well, Mel, uh, he'll like, he'll stand up and he'll kind of like lean forward, give him a little pat on the shoulder. I'll think about it. But yeah, so that's that's all I ask. Give it some thought. I've never heard of Gary and offering offering such quite a quite a wide ranged reward. Let's say. And why do I still feel like it's a low ball? Well, it's only a low ball if you lowball yourself in what you ask for. Uh, but you're the one who's said yourself. Not fond of loopholes. What is it that you desire the most? We're talking about the god of forbidden lore. The god who knows all the secrets of the world that nobody shares. I I turn to I turn to him and I smile and I'm just like, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Frankly, it's none of my business. I'm just trying to get you to think. The possibilities of what you could ask for. You'd be a fool if you asked for money or a kingdom. I I do believe I actually said that myself. But yeah, I'm aware. Well, potatoes. And like Rick, for, for the first time during this whole thing, actually looks like he's thinking. I'll think about it. You got anything else? Not unless there's anything that you wish to know. How come everything I've heard of you doing, with the exception of one thing, I'll fall into the school of transmutation? Because it is a school that I can cast unlimitedly. Based off of what I understand, why then can you cast permanency? Because permanency doesn't fall into any school. It belongs to all schools. Hmm. Okay, so that's how that works. How'd you manage that? That's easy. There are certain places across the world that hold a power, an arcane power. And an arcane caster can visit these places and undergo a trial to prove that they are strong enough to contain a piece of the power. And if they are, that power is absorbed by their soul and they become a dedicated caster. So it's absorbed by the soul. Or is that just some flowery mumbo-jumbo? No, no. There are actual souls, my boy. Which, considering you were dead for a little while, I think you would know. It was kind of cold and dark and nothing. But the fact that you do it was cold and dark and nothing should tell you something. That's fair, I guess. Hmm. People have souls. Demons feed on souls. I figured that I'd... I mean, how else do you go to hell, you know? Right. Demons. I've seen... I've seen that somewhere. Yes. Uh, they are the third of the... evil elites, shall we say. What's their shtick? Other than apparently eating souls? That's pretty much their shtick, is eating souls and torturing souls to turn them into more demons and things of that nature. Fun stuff. 
How much can they be trusted? Not at all. So more like demons. Gotcha. What happens if a demon or what happens if a daemon eats a supercharged soul? I have no idea. Might have to ask one. That would be a dangerous thing to do. I've done dumber things. Well, yes, but if you summon a daemon so you can ask it a question and it just decides it would rather eat your soul, I don't think even vampires do well with that. That's fair. I, I do have a couple of magical circles I might be able to employ. And hope that the daemon you uh, call forth isn't strong enough to break them. Sure. I've got to look more into uh, calling magic. I believe it's a sub-school of conjuration. I think you uh, need to spend an awful lot of time in study if you're going to attempt something of that nature. It's just another file in the cabinet. As far as I can tell thus far, not all the arcane schools have been located yet. Obviously, you have transmutation, but other ones are known. Uh, as I've been able to find out, there is uh, abjuration, evocation, and illusion. So you can just go around collecting all of them? No. No. The, uh, the soul only hold can only absorb the magic from one. It permeates the soul and doesn't leave room for the others. And why bother looking for the others? I said I knew about them. I didn't say that I looked for them, did I? I mean, you obviously at least asked around. I'm a follower of the god of hidden knowledge. Remember, Rick? Why didn't you just ask him where the rest are? I did ask him where they were located, and those were the four he told me up. Sounds like he got shortchanged by a few. Possibly, or possibly they're just not in our section of the world. So what, the transmutation ones down the street? No, no, boy. <sighs> and see here, I thought you were the smart one. You're talking about the fish tank. The boundaries that you can't go past at the edge of the world? Yeah. I mean, admittedly, there's magic and things are weird. Physics seems to work pretty much the same. There's gravity, there's wind, turbulence. The sun rises and sets. And it gets colder as you go north. So what does that tell you? That we're on a globe. We're on a plain old planet inside a fish tank. Is that our rear all shrunk down and are inside a fish tank made to act like a globe? I will tell you that the, the first assumption is the correct one. Well, what's the hidden knowledge to get outside of the damn box? Well, that's simple. Asmodeus put those walls there. What's outside the box? Lands that are supposed to be completely uninhabitable by anybody other than maybe certain outsiders. A vampire like yourself wouldn't probably have any much have much problem. You don't have to breathe and stuff. So 
It's less of a fish tank and more of a greenhouse. I suppose that's one way to think of it. The lands inside this fish tank, as you call it, were restored by a god so that habitable, habit, they would be habitable by normal life. So why didn't they fix everything? Did they run out of god juice? <laughs> no, it's nothing quite that simple. The god that had Asmodeus had under contract to fix it disappeared. It's part of the reason I personally would like to see Asmodeus overthrown is Gary on his promise to pin a new contract with a different god that can restore the lands and remove these freaking walls and give us the rest of the world to explore. Hmm. Sounds like fallout. As much of as much hidden lore and knowledge as exists within these walls, think how much more lies outside. There's no other way past the walls. Not as far as I know. There's no way to get to the other side of the walls. Hmm. Asmodeus has made it so. Now granted, I'm not saying he was doing it out of a place of malice. They were obviously meant to protect the section of land that had been fixed. But it has been far, far too long, and if this other god has not returned from wherever they went to finish the contract, then I say it's time to find somebody else to do it. Well, let's say you've given me a lot to think about. As I said, I singled you out because your intelligence was visible. From the time you first came here, you were experimenting with your magic, seeing what you could create, how far you could push it. I thought you would understand the importance of knowledge. I don't discredit it, but I like things on my terms. Everyone does. And that is inherently the problem. Well, if you want to make sure terms are in your favor, set your terms for whatever it is you want, and I will present them to Garyon, and he can accept or deny them before you decide whether to fulfill the, his request. I think on that, there's a lot to think about. And I don't sleep anymore, so i got a lot of time to think. Ah, well, I'm sure when you get home, the first thing you'll have to do is answer a shit ton of questions because Gav will know you've been here. Probably. That man dislikes me greatly. Now you're kind of a prick. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, nobody else has an issue with me, just him. Well, Darlena has an issue with him. Darlena's issue with me is that I sometimes walk up and grab her ass and she doesn't want me to do that. Outside of that, we get along just fine. That's an issue. That is an issue. But outside of that, we get along just fine. Yeah, and outside of every part that Gavin doesn't like you, you get along fine. There's not a part of me that Gavin does like, trust me. I mean, he hasn't killed you. Because he'd lose off if he did. I mean, I've seen... Worse couples and worse situations get by. You you know couples where one has murdered the other's best friend and they've remained a couple. Different kind of worse. 
I mean, back where I came from, there were people that murdered each other's children and stayed together. But then again, they were probably insane, so... Anecdotal, but it still works. Well, remind me never to go to that world. You go to many worlds? No, that's one of the bits of forbidden knowledge that I would like, though. Hmm. Oh. I'm gonna say if I find a small cat staring at me creepily in my room, I will smash it. But I'll think about it. Fair enough. How do you feel about bunny rabbits? Stay out of my room. You're gonna be like Darlena, aren't you? One of those that always tells me no. I guess so. Oh well, no offense, but I think her ass would be more fun to grab anyhow. Agreed. And I will leave. Alright. Unless he stops me. No, he's not gonna stop you. I mean, I don't have any other good reason to... And just as a note, Gav would not cry about you meeting with Mal. Because he trusts that if anything important was going on, you'd tell him. So unless you decide you want to talk to him about the meeting, he's not going to pry. I'll talk to him. I'll probably go back first and prepare my things. Basically, I, I go back and make sure that all my shit and my undead are in order. And then I'll go talk to Gav. Oh, that your mushroom has dirt and whatnot. Yeah. Here you go. I found some leaves. And uh, go talk to Gav. Yeah, but this point at night, he's probably just sitting down in the the, uh, sitting room reading or whatnot. Uh, Prior to that, I will go collect books I feel are pertinent on the topics that I have just learned about. Okay. Garyon. Daemons. Outsider binding. Demons. uh, Devils in general. The politics of hell. Um, If any such things are available. Okay. And I'll go in the sitting room. Yeah, he would be in there reading. Does Gavin speak Necril? He does. I'll start speaking to him in Necril. Okay. And he would understand it, but he'd look at you kind of funny, and he's like, is there a reason we're using this language? Hmm. Well, I woke up knowing this language after I became a vampire, so I assume that this is not something that prying kittens might understand. All right, I get your meaning. He asked me over... Because apparently, Brigard has, for some fucking reason, somehow become a Asmodian cultist or some shit. Wait, he's he's joined joined a cult. He's gotten power from Asmodeus, and Asmodeus gave him a job. He's devoted himself. Apparently, I didn't feel like he was lying. I feel like he could lie his ass off and still be quite glib. So I don't know. Well, I don't know whether he's telling the truth or not, but for argument's sake, let's say he is. Why does he care if Brigard worships Asmodeus? He worships the devil. Do you know what fiendish victory is? I've heard rumors about it. There are stories, legends, myths, whatever. Apparently, Brigard's supposed to find it, and I'm supposed to steal it and... Give it to Garyon. That doesn't seem like a smart thing to do. I said I'd consider it. But I don't much want to play this god's game. Well, the thing about it is, we know fiendish victory is real. Asmodeus 
created it himself. There are, like I said, tales, myths, rumors, whatever you want to call them, of a war. It was known as Twilight's War. In which it is said that Asmodeus sent Baileus to the world with fiendish victory to fight in the war and that the bow was lost. But the problem is that there is a lot of written history of that time and none of them mention the war. So it has always been considered by most to be a myth. There are always those those people that ch chase treasures that would say, oh, there has to be something to it. And many, many, many have looked for it and none have ever found it. But if he's telling the truth and your friend is working for Asmodeus and Asmodeus said, find this, then I would assume that there is some truth to the myths. Apparently, me and Russell are supposed to be along for the ride. Why does he want someone here to do it? Why doesn't he just send one of his devils to do it? Well, that is something that you would have to ask Brigard. I would assume if Asmodeus has told him to fetch this bow, it is for a reason. One, why can't he just crank out a new one? Seems like something a god could do. He most certainly could, and I assume if he was trying to have the you know, if he wanted a bow for himself, he would do simple, just that. It would be very simple. The fact that he has asked Brigard to find it would seem to indicate that he wants Brigard to have the bow. Then why do the other devils want it? What good is it going to do them if Asmodeus can just crank out a million of these bitches? Well, I can't say with any certainty, but you understand how when people here make magical items, they have to feed them, feed it life force. Right. There is a theory among certain scholars that if a god creates a magical weapon, that it is not life force they seal inside. It is a piece of their power. Okay. Tell me, Gav, you obviously have probably read every book here. Is there some bigger deity? Is there a head honcho? A someone more powerful than Asmodeus? Than a lot of them. Pantheons usually have an originator. Uh, so, I suppose you've read about Asmodeus. A little, yeah. So he penned creation as we know it. And somewhat beyond what we know it. I've never found necessarily a source that says particularly where he came from. Some gods, you read about them, that say they were created when this happened or they created when that happened or whatnot. Some of them, it does not tell you. But there are beings older and stronger and more powerful than the gods we know. Though most of them seem to be hell-bent on destruction and getting rid of everything that Asmodeus pinned. Hmm. Interesting. And keep in mind, we are not simply talking about 
dustress here. We are talking about these gods would eliminate everything, including the world where you came from and the one where Darlena came from and the entirety of all that exists. That doesn't sound like fun. I would think not. But to answer your other question, my guess would be that if Geryon, for that is who Mal worships, wants Mal to retrieve this bow, it is either so that Mal can use it for some purpose or so that he can pass it directly to him. Yeah, he said he was going to pass it on through some sort of ritual. If that is the case, he likely intends to try to take the power that is sealed away in the bow for himself. Uh, Rick's having a thought that he's going to try and hide. That was not very good. That was a bluff of 24. Let's see if he can roll low enough to fail that. Yeah, no, he's not failing that. So what is it you were trying to hide? I was just, the, uh, I guess, for the for a vampire, a very obvious look of, like, he said, oh, he wants to take that divine power out of the bow, and, like, immediately cogs started turning in his head. You think to absorb god power? Huh? I'm more like wondering why not. Mal seems to have a lot in it for him. Why doesn't he just do that? Uh, most likely it would destroy him. So it's a big no-no. I'm not the kind of person to say that something is impossible. But uh, I would say that in all probability trying to do so would completely destroy you, yes. Now, there are ways that I suppose it can be done because there are gods that were once mortal, but they did not become gods by absorbing power from god-forged weapons. The only one I know of like that off the top of my head from reading is the one that literally just magicked himself into godhood. He casts so hard it drove him insane. But he turned into a god. That would be Nethus. There are others. I'll have to keep reading. Perhaps that is Mal's end goal, is to be able to magic so hard and so well that he will become a god himself. Maybe. He's very good at dancing around questions. Of course he is. And I couldn't make good arguments to uh, get him to spill more beans. I've only ever seen him use transmutation magic. And apparently permanency you always keep. Well, if you're going to try to trick or play Mal, then you should probably know his biggest weakness is his pride. Adventure guess that is his second biggest. His second? Mm-hmm. Then what would his first be? Fari. 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 Why do you say that? Because I can tell. It's interesting what you notice when you don't have your own heartbeat drowning out your ears. I grant you I've seen him watching her a lot. Uh, he treats her extremely well, but he treats most of the family well. 
and he tends to like the ladies. But I did not know he's the only person he would die for. He said that. Mm hmm. And I feel like I got a good feel for him and that he wasn't lying. Well, regardless, I would not use Bari as a tool against him. I wouldn't either. But I was just pointing out that that is probably numero uno. I feel like if somebody else is going to come in and try to get to Mal, that's going to be his weak point. Because I don't feel like Mal is playing with little toys. He plays with toys more than you know. Most of the people in this community are nothing more than a toy to him. The problem being... When he plays with the wrong toy, or for whatever reason, somebody doesn't like his face. Well, there is a reason I ask you, did you want to do this? And I was very straightforward about what I wanted in return. And the fact is being what you are, he will have a harder time getting to you than he would anybody else. I imagine. I would rather not involve Vari, not put her in any danger. Neither would I. Pride's a good second runner. But the fact that he asked to see you is good. He asked to see me. I got him to answer a surprising amount of questions, but he was picking his words. So, I have a feeling I didn't get all the answers I wanted, not by a long shot. God damn it, Momo. Well, that's not surprising. How much did he give away would be the question. Feel like not enough. Not enough to keep prying much deeper. Maybe. But the fact that you got him to even talk about Vari, something that none of us knew, shows that either he's trying to trust you a little bit for whatever reason, or that he intentionally wants you to think he trusts you. I mean, he was quite open with the only people he cares about and I feel like he definitely and quite correctly felt like if he didn't answer at least somewhat straightforwardly I wouldn't take well to it but at the same time, you said he talked around other things. He was choosing what he would be straightforward about. True. But when I pressed, he still squished. So he knows several locations of arcane power sources. So other than that, though, there's no uh, straightforward confirmation of anything other than transmutation. Well, I myself have seen him cast spells of at least two other schools. That's fair, but that doesn't give me much of an in, because that's just hearsay, of course. Right. So what you need is a way to get him to cast from another school in front of you. I imagine that will be all the more difficult now. What other schools did you see him casting? I've seen him cast from... Conjuration, and I have seen him cast from evocation. 
Zav says he has seen him cast from illusion. Those all match up. But apparently, according to him, when you do these trials or whatever, the magic goes in and it fills up your soul. And you can't get no more of it. That is correct. But he has more of it. Exactly. By the way, I would like you to make an intelligence check. 18. Okay, so he told you that he had seen him cast evocation and conjuration. Mal told you evocation and abjuration. Oh, okay. Hmm. There's one more he listed off. He didn't tell me about conjuration's location, but he did tell me about abjuration. So he may contain more magics than we know. Maybe. Maybe he just knows where it's at. And I didn't notice him doing any magic or anything while I was sitting there. Mask would have probably went off. Well, he probably wouldn't be casting during a conversation with you, I wouldn't think. You have to remember, he's smart. Let's hope I'm smarter. You should be smarter now than you were before, so... I can break things down quicker, I certainly noticed that. And he made a pointed statement that my intelligence was uh, visible. So I probably need to tone that down a little. If you don't want people to know you're smart, I suppose. Helps to have people underestimate you. Well, you know I'm no fan of Mel's. I think... He's absolutely certain you would kill the living shit out of him if it weren't for Zav. Yes and no. If Zav and I were not in a relationship or I did not care about him or he did not exist, I would not have any reason to dislike Mal. So I would have no reason to kill him. As things stand now, if Zav was to shrug his shoulders and say, I don't care if he lives or dies, yes, I would. Why is that exactly again? Because I think he's a danger to Zav. I think that whatever he's up to with the magic, the quest for whatever power and such that he's trying to gather, that maybe he was telling you the truth. Maybe he would not sacrifice Vari in such a quest. But I don't think that's true of most people. And I think he would gladly send Zav to his grave to get what he wants. So do I. I am typically not a violent person. But I will do what I have to do to protect the people that I care about. And that's not limited to just Zav. There's Dravik and Lila, you know, Bari, and many people within this town. We'll see how this goes. Apparently we're all in on it. Well, I suppose things got a bit more complicated, but as I was saying, I don't like him. You know that. Mm -hmm. And I certainly do not think that it would be a good idea to give Garyon the bow. I think it's a pretty bad idea to start a war in hell. Yeah. I I think that's a pretty bad idea. But at the end of the day, 
it is your decision to make. I will not use my powers over you to stop you if that's what you choose to do. Because my agenda here has nothing to do with the devils and whether or not they fight. Gavin, you've got the repository of cool shit here in town. I've got a question. Okay. Do you have any non-infinite casting enchanted items? I don't think so. Why? Okay. I had a thought. Something I'd like to try. I can go through my records tomorrow and let you know for sure. I'd like that. But uh, most of the time when we get things like that, we ship it out and have it sold. They go for a lot of ticket. Oh, yeah. I think I'll, um, if it's all right without babysitting, I think tonight before I uh, go to give Russell his uh, happy hello, I'll uh, stop by my place. Need to look in my in my magic books. See if uh, see if I can find any hints to something. All right. Um, if you're going by your place, I I might should give you a little heads up. What's that? Um, Ivari had said something about you building a lab. Yes. So that she would be able to work there and whatnot. I think she might be sleeping in your basement. Because she's not hiding out at Dravix anymore. Oh, okay. That's not at all strange. Okay. I mean, like, your family now, and she doesn't want to be bothered. So I think she's hiding in your place because she knew it was empty. That's fair, I guess. Or she could always go to Mal's empty place. <laughs> I saw the writing on the wall. Oh, the message to tell me to stay out. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't. Does work. that keep you out? No. No. It's not. Well, it's because he doesn't live there. Yeah. Is it completely empty? I didn't check the upstairs. It has furnishings. You know the standard ones that the houses came with. Yeah, he invited me into his little. Uh, blacksmith shack so I can't go in there don't imagine I can for now I imagine until I piss him off yeah well doesn't bother me that's that I can't go in there uh, what constitutes a home like if I were just theoretically if I were to rip the roof off could I go in even if I wasn't invited I don't, I don't know. I've never tried that, but I wouldn't think so. Because if that could work, you could just use magic to blow the door off a place and walk in. Fair. It's weird how this works. What if somebody lived in the woods? Could you not enter the woods without their permission? You can enter the woods. You just cannot enter their tent or cave or whatever it is that they reside in. It is weird how this works. I take it you found all the little tunnels then. If all is for, then yeah. So, did you go through all of them? 
I looked in all of them. Uh, the first one uh, took me in a minute to figure out whose it was. Okay, so here's here's the deal. See if this helps clarify things for you any at all. You can walk into the basement of the school, the general store, yes? Yes. You could go upstairs to the classroom or to the store proper. All right. If you try to walk into their private living quarters, it's not going to work. Okay. It's weird. Like, we're supernaturally attuned to dwelling law. Well, it's because Dravik owns the buildings. So technically they're his and you could they're, they're, you can move through them because he doesn't disallow it. But the private rooms, those would be like somebody renting them. That's their dwelling space. It's no longer part of the, the public space. It's no longer part of the building that is drops. Makes sense. But yes, go... Do what you like, um, so long as it doesn't involve killing people. You, you broke broke up bad again. It's, go do what you like, so long as it doesn't involve killing people. I, I sure hope it doesn't. Although I may very well uh, beat the shit out of someone tonight. If that is what you choose to do, just uh, remember your new strength. I, I'll, I'll keep an eye on them. Ta-ta. And uh, I'm going to cast a spell. Keep in mind, there is a witch spell that lets you kind of absorb your familiar into your that, body. That's exactly what I was casting. Yeah. Uh, merge with familiar, I think. Yee. Okay, so yeah. Uh, merge with familiar. I'm gonna... I'm gonna pull Deju's skull into me with Meld with Familiar. Okay. And I'm going to go back to my place. And I guess the first thing I will do is check and see if Vari is there. I will, of course, be misting in. Uh, Yeah, she is in your basement. And it's like, you have your workshop and you had the goods teleported to the, your workshop and whatnot. And so, like, she's kind of opposite of that. Like, in one of the rooms opposite of it, she's, like, stay, staying away from your stuff, not trying to, you know, right. be nosy and shit. Is, is she awake still? Uh, Yeah, she's awake, and she's in her spider form right now. I will reform uh, Solidity. I wasn't hiding to begin with, so I probably would have been noticeable entering. But uh, I will re-solidify and be like, yo. Oh. Hey. Hey. I was just coming to check on some stuff before heading off to uh, reintroduce myself. Do you need me to leave? No. Uh, in fact, uh, and he'll go ahead and he'll he's going to cast telekinesis and he's going to pull all the stuff out from the arcane repository and uh, set it up in an empty part of the uh, basement. Oh, so you're going to go ahead and make the lab? Yeah, in, unless it requires something more than telekinesis could provide me. I think right now I can lift like 75 pounds. Well, what I'm saying is you had him send like the materials to make the lab. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll spend like 10 minutes and do that. Why not? Okay. I can cast fabricate. 
All right. So, yeah, she would watch you do this. And she'd be like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, shit flying all over the place and then changing into new shit. She will find that all of the tables and platforms are surprisingly seamless. So, like, you're my new best friend. I know it's like hell to do that, but it's a nice spell. I like that spell. It's a good spell. Well, I would offer you a healing potion, but under the circumstances. I hold, like, I do, like, the finger gun, and I hold it up to my head and shoot this ray of negative energy into me that heals me for double 2d8. I'm like, I'm good. Okay, so, yeah, I I promise I'm not going to bother you while you're working. Whatever. I just figured you're not actually staying here right now. And I kind of wanted to be left alone because my brother was driving me crazy. It's fine. You're welcome to stay as long as you like. But like, I hadn't like been nosing around, hadn't gone upstairs. I don't have much upstairs to nose around and everything's down here. Well, I hadn't nosed around down here either. I'm just saying like, I didn't go upstairs and dig through your underwear drawer or anything creepy. Thanks. <laughs> I guess. Uh, anyway, the only things down here that I felt like hiding, I've already hidden. He'll go ahead and activate his magic chests and, or, um, what was it? Sequestered grimoires and, uh, pull out his notebooks. Okay, that's a neat trick. Can you hide just anything in there or? Uh, this one only works for books, but there's another version (laughs) that I can hide items. Hmm. And there's a particularly powerful one. It's far more temporary, but it could hide entire people. I could have a house inside of my house. Well, I'm not trying to hide people or bodies or anything like that. What are you trying to hide? Uh, I've mixed up four vials uh, of the elixirs that would be best safely locked away where nobody accidentally got a hold of them. Okay. I'll go over to where her alchemy table is mm-hmm. and I'll grab like some sort of implement that's not extraordinarily important. Uh, and I'm going to enchant it with magic chest. And then I'll draw like a square like on the wall there and it will open up into an extra dimensional space. Awesome. I just figured it would be good for us to have these on hand in case we need them. Probably. And I'll hand her the thing. You get one use out of it. If you need it again, let me know. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I guess, do you need any alchemical concoctions in return? I can make stuff for you while I'm here. Honestly, I'm not quite sure what you can make with alchemy. (laughs) All kinds of things. It seems similar to chemistry, but I don't know how much, how well that translates. Anything you think would be good. Think of alchemy as being everything from extremely mundane stuff that is probably more akin to your chemistry, such as uh, little small handheld explosives and whatnot, to things that lend themselves to be almost magical, but they're done through through combining things... It's hard to explain, but everything in this world is imbued with magic, not just people. Okay. And so if you find enough stuff that has enough magic in it, you can make concoctions that can do things that seem very magical without any casting involved. 
That's interesting. That's a much more advanced form. It takes a long time to learn, but it's possible. And, well, I'm much older than I look. From what I understand, elves tend to be. Yes. So actually got an idea. And he'll go through and he'll make a little bundle of sticks for her to snap. That's essentially the exact same spell combo that we used to uh, get really high craft checks. And I'll hand that to her. It's like, do you ever need to make anything absolutely above and beyond? Crack that in half. Well, I thank you for that. Uh, but I should probably tell you that all the spells that a Gentai have given me are either related to alchemy or transformations or making my alchemy better. Okay. That's fair, I guess. But I appreciate the thought. I could always use it. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, if uh, your little mind can dream up something that you'd like in a vial, I can attempt to make it. I have a, have a nasty thought. Could you... Those are my favorite kind. Perhaps create liquid metal calcium. Liquid is a word I understand. Metal is a word I understand. Calcium is a new one for me. Okay. Are you familiar with a uh, metal that when introduced to water tends to explode? Yes, actually. Well, that is either metal calcium. There's a few metals that do that, but that, but in liquid form, like mercury or quicksilver, you might call it, I guess here. Can alchemy do that? Can it change the state of things like that? Oh, yes. So you're wanting a liquid metal that when mixed with water causes an explosion. Yes. I'm not wanting it specifically to explode. Like I don't want to throw it and it blow up. Right. Unless it happens to land in water, which is fine. It has to be introduced in water for the explosion to take place. Right. Okay. How many do you want? Uh, how many can you make? When do you want them? Uh, whenever. It's not that important. I can have you four of them before daylight comes up. That would be nice, and that's more than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> but if you need to get sleep, do that. I realize that you have to. I've been to. sleeping on and off since this whole thing occurred, like... I'll get so tired I fall asleep, but then when I fall asleep, I have dreams and then I can't sleep anymore. So I've been catching naps at weird hours. How's, uh, and I point at her arm. Oh, I, it's fine. It's, it's healed. I mean, I had it healed. It's it's fine. What about the, um, the whole drained bit? That cat keeps following me around town. It's <laughs> fucking loud. Are you sure it's not Mal? I'm sure because I was talking to Mal while it was fucking following me and being loud. Because that's a trick he plays on Darlena. I don't know. Maybe somebody in town has a crush on you. Oh boy. But that aside, as Gav said, he has magic that can help with the the other symptoms. I am sorry though about uh. You 
really don't have to keep apologizing. I, I'm really not that fragile of a person. And the pain is something I'm well accustomed to as I feel every bit of pain that Zav ever feels. And it's not an infrequent practice for him and Gab. Right. That didn't bother me. And I knew that it might be difficult for you the first few times. But we'll just keep trying until you get it right. Guess so. I guess uh, probably be a few days uh, given estimates. See how that works out. You'll get there eventually. I mean, it's like setting a banquet in front of a starving person, you know? Yeah. I'm not upset about it. If it would upset me, I wouldn't have volunteered. And besides, I kind of commandeered your house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's an odd way to pay rent. Okay, it's not rent, but <laughs> they went on this whole spiel about how Rick's family now, he's our brother. Well, guess what, brother? I came to stay. I appreciate the sentiment, but it's a little weird to me. Okay, they're all weird. If, if you had figured it out yet, there's nobody around here that's not weird. Oh, I okay. don't know. That, that woodworker guy seems pretty... I no, am I'm... a spider lady. <laughs> I'm a spider lady who is standing in the basement of a vampire having a conversation. And you think the weirdest part of it is that they call us all family? And they call me family. Well, you kind of are. You've been adopted by Gav. Isn't that so sweet? Let's just say that the dynamics are not simple, to uh, put it lightly. I believe it was first introduced to me as uh, welcome to the family, which where I come from means something a little bit different. Ah, uh, yeah, I forget sometimes that ways of talking for can mean different things to travelers. I mean, it absolutely can mean just what's said. But uh, there are people back in my world. They're not a family. They're the family. Well, this family is just a bunch of weirdos who decided to make a place for themselves and to try to make a place that others could call home to. So as far as families go, we're weird, but I guess we're not all that bad. So far... Barring the, uh, the squabbling of the two that don't like each other. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not bad. Honey, they've been squabbling for years. They're never going to like each other. Yeah, but they're one person away from killing each other. It's... They wouldn't actually kill each other. Let me teach you a word, Rick. Jealousy. Jealousy. That is all this argument boils down to. Nobody has filled you in, have they? Apparently not. Oh my god, dear. Okay, so... Mal and Zav are best friends. They have been best friends for a long time. Longer than Gav has known either of them. As best friends, of which one was gay and one is bisexual, every now and then they would hook up. And then Zav meets Gav. And they fall in love and they become a couple. So there's no more hookups over here. So now you've got the guy that used to get to have some fun with you jealous because you're in a committed relationship with somebody else. And you got the guy you're in a committed relationship jealous because you used to bang that guy and you still hang out with him all the time. 
can definitely see that, but I also can definitely see at least one of them really wanting to kill the other one. Well, maybe, but I don't think so. They're both pretty good guys. In an odd way, you're right. I, I agree with that. I think the, the biggest difference between them is Mal is an extremely selfish person. To whereas Gavin was raised by the Church of Saren Ray, so he is a very unselfish person. And it's a personality clash. He like kind of just he, he he does not elaborate, shall we say. It'll take some getting used to. Oh, definitely. I'm still getting used to us. But you have Rick work to do. And I have potions. Not potions, really, but kind of potions to make. I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Have lots and lots of fun, right? Oh, I'm trying to figure out how to circumvent some of the downsides of magic. So, What do you mean? Well, I've learned about daemons and their propensity to eating souls. Mm-hmm. The fact that souls and magic are bound together. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering... Well, for Arcane Casters. Okay, for Arcane Casters, that's fair. And I'm wondering if Life Force can be stored in an object. Can it be unstored from an object? Um, Most definitely. And then beyond that, can you steal Life Force into an object? Yes. Oh, well, that answers my question quickly. The question is how? That I don't know. The Hydral matrons could do it through some kind of ritual, but we didn't get to stay in the Underdark long enough for me to get to that position. So it's up there magic. It's ritual magic. Yes, it is definitely ritual magic as far as stealing somebody else's life force to put in an object. Okay about breaking down items uh, that's much easier um, do you have any spells that let you drain life force uh, yeah okay so basically you're just removing the magic seal as it were from the object and then using that spell to absorb it but because it is a permanent state, it will be a permanent state within you. Interesting. That one, I can actually show you how to do. That I would be interested to learn. Any other questions? Um, I don't think so. I know about spells like Magic Jar, how they can trap souls and gems. Mm-hmm. But... I'm going to look into uh, binding. I figure it'll be an important skill one way or the other. I might as well ask the creatures most associated with noshing down on those souls to uh, figure out what the hell you can do with them. Well, maybe. But considering they see souls as dinner, I don't know how helpful they're going to be. It's worth an ask. Um, hmm. There may be some other entities that would be better suited for asking. Who have you got in mind? I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Give me some time to uh, look through my books. All right. 
I see what I can come up with for that. I mean, go ahead and study your binding by all means, because no matter what you call, you'll want to bind it. Right. But I'll, I'll, I'll do some looking into that, provided I can stay in your basement. Like I said, you can stay as long as you like. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get that sorted. I do have a question. How did you get in? With a key. Dravik has an extra set of keys kept at the uh, city hall at all times. And I might have snuck into his office. And I might have gotten into his secret little safe and taken the key to your house. Those are all hypotheticals here. Of course. Can I see this key? Wait, sure. why do I even... Why do I even ask that? I just pull out my key and I make another one. <laughs> I'm like, there. So you put the other one back if you need to. Ah, before it goes noticed. Yeah. Good thinking. Good thinking. There's one thing I've learned. It's, it's best not to be noticed if you're doing things. Well, I don't want you to misunderstand now. I do love my brother. He's just being mildly annoying right now. And I'm not in the mood for that. I'd hate to see what you'd do if he really annoyed you. Well, I broke his nose once. <laughs> they did a good job of resetting it. But magic. But I didn't mean to. He just was really getting on my nerves. And to be fair, I was kind of young. So I cracked him across the face with my whip and it broke his nose. That sounds painful. Yeah. Yeah, typically if I say, just leave me the fuck alone, it's a good idea to just leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, probably. Uh, I'm gonna go study what the hell, how the hell binding circles work in. Like, I think he kind of not thinking about it, like, reaches out and, like, pats her on the spider butt. <laughs> She'll just kind of look at you and go, okay. <laughs> like, just like while he's turning away, just like, just like... Just tap tap, uh, and like uh, heading back to the arcane repository. <laughs> like, no, she'll like turn around, look at you, be like, "Okay, look, now I know I fed you, but there's got to be some boundaries." And he turns around, and he's like, "I didn't think about that." I, you'll get a free pass on this one. You're you're obviously not a drow man, so you probably don't know the rules. Oh, this is your shoulders are up there. I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, um, I'm not Darlena. Don't keep grabbing my ass. Go to work. Aye, aye. He can't turn red anymore, but he might be at this moment. He blushes in shades of blue and purple. <laughs> <laughs> shades of gray. Um, <laughs> go study his fucking summoning circles. Okay. Well, you will study and she will craft alchemy. And probably about, I'd say about two hours, three hours before sunrise, that's when he's going to go over to Russell's. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Desters Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com.
Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, the voice of Russell Clark, and I swear I'm not that much of an ass in real life. I just play one in podcast. In real life, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at ActionForge. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what really. the control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, you zone guys probably the, like the zone. I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the, the Wild West out there. <laughs> LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5E podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And this is Last Call, so finish your drinks, and we'll see y'all next time.